1: My guest today in the A-Game podcast is Lee Carney. Lee Carney is an absolute black belt in so many different aspects. I saw him in a mastermind event that I was at and have uh, since then spent a lot of time with him. And I'm just constantly blown away by him. It's just his brain, his processes, his experiences, his successes, He really just has a way of perfecting things. He's done on the real estate side all kinds of different transactions. At one point he's done up to 135 deals in one single month. He has people working for him. He's got great processes in place. His mind is just amazing for creating success and processes and anything he touches seems to turn to gold and now he's turning that over to the medical marijuana field where you'll hear a little bit about what he's doing. But I am sure he's going to be making millions and millions of dollars doing that and setting up processes and procedures as well. And he's also boxing with... antonio tarver very famous boxer so keep saying how you do anything is how you do everything and everything i have seen lee carney do has been absolutely amazing and he has become a master at it so i'm sure he's going to find a way to do the same thing in boxing the same thing in medical marijuana and you guys can spend the next hour listening to a little bit about his experiences in his brain hear about how he's preparing for the recession how he's got his processes in place and what some of his past present and future endeavors are going to be and how you guys can be part of them you can find him on Instagram at Real Lee Carney, K E A R N E Y. You can find him on Facebook, Lee Carney Real Mogul, and you can find his website, www.realmogul.com, and follow him on all social media outlets. You guys are going to be seeing him absolutely everywhere. This man is absolutely brilliant, extremely successful investor, and everything he does becomes a complete game changer. So very grateful, very thankful for his time. I really appreciate him, and I really respect him. He's been a big influence on me, and I think he's probably going to do the same for you. So thank you, Lee Kearney, for your time. I look forward to seeing you soon, and hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. All right, my guest today is Mr. Lee Kearney with Spin Real Estate, as well as real mogul and pretty much everything, man. I I attribute you to almost uh, an MMA champion that I feel a lot of people are a specialty of one thing or a drag, jack of all trades, a master of none. And you are really somebody that I've been super impressed with. I actually singled you out the first time I saw you at an event. You spoke for like five minutes and I was like, that's the guy. I have to go find that guy. Whatever it takes, whatever he's selling, whatever he's teaching, I'm going to go buy it and sign up for it. And you just really are not just a jujitsu guy, you're like a a boxer and a wrestler and like you're a black belt at all these things. And I just think it's amazing, man, how you've really mastered a lot of these things. And I'm blown away with your brain and just everything you're doing, man. I just, I can't soak in enough of every time you talk, I'm just pretty much mesmerized by it, man. So I Uh, really, really appreciate you you sharing this time with me today, man, because you're somebody I, I very much respect and very much look up to. I value your opinion and I really just, I think everything that you say has a ton of value. So thank, thank you for you. doing this, but we were just jumping in, but I'll let you start talking about some of the stuff that you're currently working on, some of the stuff you've come from, a little bit about your background as a real estate investor.
0: Sure, sure. As far as where I'm currently at, right now I run Spin, uh, Spin Real is a brokerage. So we, we lead with that a lot just because it has the word real estate in it. But the actual investment company is Spin, Southeast Property Investments Network. And that's grown from a Tampa-only real estate company to Florida to now nationwide. So we buy and sell nationwide, which is which is pretty cool. And so that's the investment side. I am the CEO of Advisors Education, which is the educational arm of real estate. So that's an amazing company. We have commercial empire. We have a real empire. We're rebranding Flip Your Income, which was my personal brand, now as Real mobile. So, super excited. We're in the launch phase of that. Uh, Real Lee Carney on IG. Come follow me. Uh, (laughs) A little plug there, shameless plug. And then the cannabis space, which is an industry I've been really, really, really closely monitoring and trying to take action on. We finally broke through on that. We're about to get a CBD permit here in Florida. And we're currently fighting for a medical marijuana license. And anyone who's really followed the politics, and the lawmaking surrounding the industry here in Florida, it's a challenge. So we're going to be operational with CBD. Uh, we're now operational in Oklahoma on medical marijuana, and we're also moving into the Michigan market. And we're in, in talks about moving in CBD in Ireland, which is where I'm from. So that particular business is going to be a global business, which to me is super exciting. That's that's always what I've envisioned myself as is owning controlling and running, not just one, but multiple global businesses. And even in the educational space, uh, sneak preview, my partner's probably gonna be mad at me, but we're launching a brand that's going to rock the industry specifically in the education space, because we believe the value that we hold and the, the keys that we hold are valuable for anything, not just real estate. We really know how to deal with real operators, real businesses, teach real strategies that actually work, and that applies to a much wider audience than just real estate. So that is my passion project. Medical marijuana is a passion project, and to be honest with you, I flip houses just because I'm good at it. I'm not that passionate about flipping houses anymore. Now, I'm passionate about teaching it, but doing it, I mean, we did a deal today. We'll, we'll clear $125,000 on one deal, which is great. Don't get me wrong, the money's fantastic. It's easy to turn on the faucet and make millions of dollars a year, but I want my purpose to be a lot bigger than just making millions of dollars a year. I don't want to be the real estate guy. I want to be the business guy. I want to be show other people how to run businesses, how to set up systems, processes, and essentially how to set up a business that you're not involved in. You know, a lot of people knock the transactional nature of flipping houses. I love it though, because if you set it up correct, you don't have to be involved in every transaction. I've set up a production line all the way from start to finish, where I've got pre-acquisitions, acquisitions. We close on the property. It either goes to marketing, goes into rehab, or it gets a wholesale. Then it goes into dispositions, and then it gets the accounting function done. It's out of our system. So we're all we're trying to do is move that asset through our system, get it out the other side with profit, and do as many as possible. And it's nice. If you focus on systems and processes, you just want to feed more profit into your system. That's the way I look at real estate. More houses, more profit, it's just putting another widget in the system, moving it through and getting more profit out the other side. Now, one of my passion projects in real estate right now is cracking the code on Seller Direct. So you hear a lot of people talking about this, they're looking at lists, buying lists, and stacking lists, all this talk, I guess, about Seller Direct. And the reason that's happening is because the markets come full circle. So for those of you who've been in before the bubble, which I have, I've seen the market go up, I've seen it flatten out, I've seen it go back down and crash, and I've seen it do this and then just take an upward climb the last three to five years. So what I've noticed is at the end of this cycle, that auctions are hard to buy from anything that's on a list or on the MLS or any kind of a platform where everybody can see it, it's not really a deal anymore. So what we've done is decided not to reinvent the wheel. We went back to basics—the stuff that I was doing in 2005, 2006, 2007, right at the end of the last cycle when I went direct to sellers. And so, with the foreclosure knowledge that I hold, the knowledge of title, these are all tools in my tool belt to be able to target deals, pull lists, direct directly from the foreclosure sites, directly from the clerk site directly from code enforcement. And so what we're doing, we're no longer buying any lists because we tried this. And just to give you an evolution on this journey, I've been on this journey since the beginning of the year. And I bagged publicly available lists. And I'll give you an example, like ListSource. You can buy that. If you call enough numbers, if you text enough people, or if it's legally permissible, you leave a ringless voicemail. And by the way, with all of those things, cold calling, ringless voicemail, text messaging, I'm not at actually advocating anybody to do that. And I have to give you that disclosure (laughs) because the laws are changing on almost a daily basis on a state by state basis. It's wildly different. But my point to all that is if you contact enough people, yes, you're going to get, you're going to get a lead and a lead that you can close. And to me, a lead you can close is someone that can sell in simple terms, they have equity. So I want people with equity because that means I can execute a trade with them. And the ideal trade is where you take the house off their hands, you give them some money, and then you can make a profit. And really, in simple terms, the only way to do that is with equity. You can get crazy with owner financing if they're willing to leave the leverage on the property, allow you to take it over. But in in our business model, we want to focus right out of the gate with with assets with equity. The next thing is they got to have a reason. Most people, especially with open door, with Zillow, with OfferPad, just to name three iBuyers. They're not going to sell at a discount when they can contact one of those three buyers and they have time and their, their back's not against the wall. They can just make an educated decision, get three quotes and sell it to the highest buyer. And there's a lot of statistics showing that the iBuyers are paying 90 92% of what you would get from a traditional sale. That's pretty attractive to most people who are thinking clearly. Now, that's bad for us as investors. <laughs> if you want to go head to head with an I buyer? I'd argue you're going to lose Now, if you're selling to iBuyers, you're winning. Why? Because you you lock up a wholesale deal, you can sell it and cash out of the deal at almost retail and be done with it. So I like iBuyers as buyers, but I don't like them as competition. Now, my point to all that is not only do people have to have equity, you want them to have some sort of a reason to sell. And what's interesting, I've realized the business I'm in is providing solutions to people's problems. When you're dealing directly with sellers, it's completely different than an auction. The whole deal with an auction is you're trying to find undervalued assets. So it's just a numbers game. You look at 100 assets, you're trying to figure out which one's mispriced, and that's the one you buy. Let's just say the square footage was listed wrong, or there was an addition, or the lot size was wrong, or 50 other reasons that people misunderstood the title on it. They thought it was a second mortgage, and it was the first mortgage. I could go on and go on, but essentially it's a numbers game at the, at the auction. But When you're dealing with the seller, you're, you're, you're not actually buying a house. What you're doing is talking to people and pro- listening to what their problem is and providing a solution. It's a completely different way of looking at real estate. The, the asset or the widget in that case just happens to be the house. But what you're actually doing is a sales process of listening, understanding the problem, and then turning around and providing a solution to a seller. That's that's the business we're in. A lot of people misunderstand that. They carry over the auction mentality. They're like, well, I can pay you $77,000 for your home. And they're like, well, I've got an offer for $78. i have got an offer for $79. i have got an offer for 85 As soon as you turn the conversation or even start off with the conversation with price, 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 we're never going to win we because we're, we're offering less than what the asset value is. So I never talk about price. It's very, very rare. And as soon as my sales team or sales for gives me a lead and their first question is, well, how much you can give me for the house? I almost know with, with certainty that they're talking to 10 other people and I'm not going to win on price. I made, I made a quote on Facebook a few weeks ago, just almost tongue in cheek, but I guess a lot of people liked it. So I'm probably going to do some sort of a still with it and make it a quote. I said, I'm cheap, but I have unlimited funds. And so <laughs> I guess people thought that was funny, and cool, and you know, kind of a boss move. But I was being serious. I'm not the most expensive buyer, but I do have unlimited money. I can buy any amount of assets you give me. And that is attractive for a lot of people. So what we try to do is figure out what the seller's problem is and provide a solution. You need moving money. You need time. Time, no problem. There's a price for time. I look at my holding cost for the asset, make sure I'm making a profit on that on that whole time. I'm okay if you say six months. I'm okay if you say nine months. Now you start to get into market risk. If you go beyond about ninety days, you definitely are into market risk, especially today. But in an upward market, yeah, you can stay two years because the asset's going to be worth more money than it is today. Now I, I will tailor that back. We typically want people in the house for no longer than ninety days. But we regularly make deals. And all we're doing is trading. We're sliding the chips. We're trading price for time. You want more time? Lower price. You want less time? Higher price. It's, it's just numbers. And so I'm really trying to just instill with you and your viewers that that it's a different business model. It's, it's funny. It's almost like cannabis and medical marijuana and CBD. People think it's the same plant. It's the same business. Completely different business. <laughs> and just like real estate, buying from an auction... Or buying on a numbers-based basis versus dealing with people, it's a completely different business. So you've got to change your mentality. You've got to really understand how to talk to people, how to listen. I've probably said that word 20 times so far on this, on this show because I'm trying to make the point and drive it home to everybody out there. You have to know how to talk, but more importantly, you have to know how to listen to people. Now, what's cool about that whole project is we're developing our own lists, we're developing our own methods for skip tracing. i control all that in house, and what we're finding is we're getting really great deals this week. Just to give you a rundown, not super exciting. I've got a 15 grand deal, another kind of 15, 20 thousand dollar deal, and a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar deal. That's just three deals at the beginning of the week that are already in the works, already closed. We just got to turn around and sell them. It's all about providing solutions to people's problems. We regularly contact people who don't even know that their relative own the property. It's, it's nuts. So there's just so much money. You just have to stop and pick it up. I just really encourage people. Another principle, I guess, I really wanted to relate to everybody. If you're following your competition, the problem with that is you're usually coming in at the end of the opportunity. So even if you're in the same arena as your competition, try to find a different strategy. Try to do something different. Fish in a different pond. So you can be a wholesaler, but have a little bit of a different niche. If you're going head to head with everybody, so let's just say let's define everybody. You're going head to head with every wholesaler, every rehabber, every first-time home buyer, every iBuyer, you're probably not gonna win because now it's just on price. So I always encourage you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you gotta find your niche. Do something different. Do not only just to be different, but do it better. In fact, in my master's program, took many courses on business before I got my MBA. And one of the things we discovered is we looked at great corporations. We would look at corporations. Now, back when I was in college, this this, this dates me a little bit. <laughs> GE was amazing. Now GE's kind of just fallen off the planet. And it looks like there's almost an Enron-ish kind of umbrella that, that that's coming out about GE. So, but for the purpose of this conversation, when I was studying great corporations and great CEOs. GE was right up there. Southwest Airlines was another one we studied. I did multiple case studies on Southwest Airlines, and they got the details right. And what we concluded from that, all these studies, all these companies, I'm going somewhere with this, was 2% better. So the best of the best were 2% better than their competition. So my, my challenge for everybody out there, can you be 2% better in your competition? I would say yes. Incremental changes. Little tweaks in your business, it's those little tweaks and doing those things a little bit better is what's going to separate you, and your competition becomes irrelevant. They really do. They become irrelevant. And so my business is focused on making my business better and not focusing on what my competition is doing. I think there is a time and a place. The reason I like competitions for one reason. I like to see what they're doing well, and I like to do it better. But that's the only reason I look at my competition. I'm not interested in spending all day, every day, looking at my competition and trying to chase after them. When I see a good idea that works in the marketplace, Mike, well, thank you for that. And I'm going to figure out how I can do it better with my company.
1: I just love your mindset, man. Your brain behind everything is awesome. The way that I talk to so many people that are trying to start out. And first off, you just saying, hey, I have a deal at 15, 20, 125. Not that exciting. There's other people that are like, I'm trying to get my first deal. That's a year's salary there. So it's just nuts how all the same principles, it's what you choose to focus on. And I just love that you. it's the same thing you're saying. It's it's focusing on the solutions. It's not focusing on the problems. It's, it's looking at all these things and looking at yourself and going, I see what they're doing, but I'm going to do it better. Whereas yes. I see 99% of people go, everybody else is doing that. There's no room for me there. I can't do it if they're doing it step aside you know what i mean it's it is it is also what you focus on and you know that same thing about that interest you gave me goosebumps when it was like can you do 2% better than your competition i feel like i'm yeah. going to wake up every day now and just say to myself yeah. like get off your ass you can do 2% better because yes. you know i i see it i see the difference every day in people in jiu jitsu and boxing and dude you look at those mma fights on the highest level those are the best guys in the world what's the difference between one guy having a good night and a bad night it's this it's this much and yeah. Like circling back to what we started talking about, it's maybe that guy got knocked out even though he's a better fighter because his ass was in the casino the night before the fight instead of getting a good night's rest and having a healthy breakfast. Nice like, right? It's the little things, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's all the same stuff, man. You know, I love it. So that's awesome.
0: Well, yeah, so motor racing is a big passion of mine too. So Moto MotoGP I really, really like. I ditched the motorcycle after <laughs> my son was born. And especially after my last two neck surgeries, so I'm not sure if you can see right there. So that, so don't have neck surgery, otherwise you will end up with a scar. Uh, people in my office joke and say, I've got a second mouth on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> but my point to all that is, you look at MotoGP, they're going for two hours, lap after lap after lap. You're not talking about the leader lapping the competition two or three times, which, by the way, if there was a big difference in riders, that's what you would see. What do you see? You see, after two hours of racing or an hour of racing, it's coming down to the line, and we're talking like one bike right behind the other. The same thing in business. The difference between the leaders and those crushing real estate and those who are just spinning their wheels is they're, a little, just a little, they're doing everything in their business a little bit better. Now, one of the biggest things you did point to people getting jaded before they even get out of the gate, which is, well, look at all this competition. How could I ever compete? The biggest thing I see from people who do start real estate and they're not gaining traction is one word. You want to guess what that word is? Focus. Yes, (laughs) you're exactly right. Social media is fantastic. And we talked about this a little bit before the show. It really, in a lot of ways and a lot of industries and most businesses has become the new currency. If used correctly, just kind of like debt, you know, my mentor says leverage is the key to wealth, another nugget there, but it's responsible use of leverage. It's the same thing with social media. Social media with a purpose is a very, very, very powerful tool, but it's also destructive for someone with a negative mindset is just focused on the wrong things. Well, how many doors do I own? Who cares how many doors you own? What equity, what cash flow? you know, how much of it do you own? I mean, I don't, I don't want to be bragging about a building I own 2% of or 3% of. I mean, because that's misleading. You're focused on the wrong thing. My cash flow might be two grand a year. Who cares? It doesn't swing the needle. So I want to ask questions that actually matter. I don't care how many deals you did last month. How much profit did you make? I don't care how much gross profit you made. How much net profit did you actually keep? And so a lot of people are focused A on the wrong thing. So that's an area of focus that's wrong. They're just, they are just—they are focused, but they're focused on the wrong things. And then the other problem with social media is people see all these brand new ideas because influencers are marketing themselves and jets and cars and boats and stuff they don't even own. They're thinking, man, this guy's crushing. I'm going to go do commercial. I'm going to go do uh, office buildings. I'm going to go do single family. I'm going to go just be a wholesaler. I'm going to go nationwide wholesaling. I'm, I'm going to buy notes. I'm going to buy at the auction. I'm going to buy it online auctions. You know, it's just I'm going to buy it tax deeds because tax deeds is where the money is at. I saw this guy in a jet, so it's got to be tax deeds. The problem with that is not only in the case of the people that are very focused and but focused on the wrong things. You got people who are not focused on anything. And I have an expression I've used for many years, and I'm saying this to myself, by the way, not just everybody out there. You can do a bunch of things poorly or do a few things very very well, and so. It was funny. Last week, someone said, oh, you're a serial entrepreneur. I said, no. I said, I hate that term because a serial entrepreneur to me is someone who starts and fails and starts and fails and keeps jumping around. Now, for anyone out there, if you consider yourself a serial entrepreneur, that's fine. But the definition to me of a serial entrepreneur is someone who's never actually perfected anything. So what I want to do is be a master of three or four things. So I'm very focused. As much as people think I'm all over the place, I want to clarify. I'm in real estate. I'm in real estate education and I'm in the cannabis space. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm doing. Every other opportunity, by the way, I get pitched stuff on a weekly basis. The number one word I use is no, <laughs> no, no, no. And as you want to be more focused in your business, you're going to have to really get good at saying no. Can you meet me for lunch? No. Can I pick your brain? No. <laughs> Can I get on a five-minute phone call? No. No. And this is where you got to get good and get focused about where you're going with your business. And every time there's a new opportunity, is this in line with my business? No, then it's a no. Cause you're never going to reach your goals if you constantly get pulled in different directions. And so that's why focus is just so important. I've got a book, which I recommend to everybody. This is good for anyone who has a team uh, who moved my cheese, really good book. It just talks about change. A lot of people on that work for other people think change is a bad thing. They think, man, the owner doesn't know what they're doing. No, change is a good thing. Those who don't change get no cheese and get left behind. So read the book and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, master your time, master your life. This is next on the pile behind move your cheese. This book I've read, but I'm rereading it. Uh, Gary Keller, <laughs> probably a billionaire at this point. Keller Williams is one of the few traditional brokerages that said, you know what? If we continue with the same path, we're going to get left behind. Gary Keller, to me, is an amazing businessman because he understands that they don't change they're going to go out of business. And he's, he's championing technology. In fact, they partnered up and have an iBuyer platform. Really smart guy. Huge. This book is huge. Traction, if you want your business to be focused and have everybody rowing in the same direction and not just be scattered and understand your vision, Traction is a great way to bring your whole company together. This is a book I have not read yet, but it's four disciplines of execution. It was recommended to me, so I'm going to read it. And this is one from our advisor's council, our last advisor's council. So unique ability. I have not got into that yet, but it's on my list. So I've now, with most of these, I've got them in queue and audible. So what I do, so I don't get all over the place, I just put it in queue. And the lowest is, is the one that's, that's last on the list. The one at the top, I'm just going in order and I'm just knocking out each book you know what's cool about uh, Audible, for those of you who are technologically challenged like me, by the way, I've, I've even got my assistant showing me how to use Instagram. I mean, it, it's, it's it's sad. But my, my point to all that, you don't have to be good about it. Just surround yourself with people that are good. So what I do on Audible, I listen to stuff anywhere from 1.5 to 2, 2x, which means you can rip through a book in one and a half to twice the amount of time, or sorry, half the time. You, almost anywhere from three quarters to about half the time. You can, you can listen to a book by listening to 1.5, 1.25, 1.5, 2X. So I love Audible. And My other point about that is when I'm traveling on the plane or in the car, I listen to Audible. So there, there's two things to do when I'm traveling. I, I listen to Audible or I make phone calls. That's actually the two things that I do when I'm traveling. And specifically on a plane, because I can't make phone calls, I just listen to Audible. So I already have enough travel time in my schedule where now it's, I use every moment moment of it, and it's cool, because I have actionable items after getting off a of flight, and I'm like, I need to do this, I need to do this. One of the other things I instituted, just to give you an example, staying focused, this is my weekly rhythm register, nice. reading, working out, reading, spending time with my son, sleeping, clean eating. Clean eating is a tough one, so I just put it as clean eating. As you can see, I got a couple Xs there, so I'm still trying to figure that out, but it's good for keeping yourself accountable. And yeah. I realize if you want to crush the world as a CEO now of me in three different industries, I just need to be 110% every single day from the moment I wake up to the moment I go asleep. And I've realized my health is a huge part of that. So health and balance are things that I've focused on. In fact, our last mastermind, all of my takeaways, minus one, were all health and lifestyle related and had nothing on paper to do with business. But it's hard to have everything working right if you've got one area of your business or one area of your life that's just completely in failure. So I'm trying to shore up the areas like health and sleep. I even track my sleep now. I got to get six hours a night. That's my goal. And I worked really hard to just put myself to bed even though I wanted to keep doing stuff. That's
1: awesome, man. And I'll tell you that that mastermind, I have stuck with the things that we've passed on from there more than I have in a long time. Like all those habits of just... I mean, I, I've been kicking the day's asses since we left there, man. You guys really fired me up. And you gave me the book, um, the, uh, powerful, oh, the One Thing? The One Thing, is that what it's called? Yes. So I've been reading that. And every morning when I have those conversations, because you actually, I got up in front of everybody and I was like, I don't know, should I do multi-units? Should I do tax deeds? You know, that exact conversation. And it just keeps ringing me. As soon as I opened that book, it was like, chase two rabbits, catch none. Every morning I say that to myself now.
0: I'm like, well, and even, I would even couple the one thing with this. The unique ability because the thing you should be focused on is the thing that really centers around your unique ability and your unique ability is going to be different than mine and what I'm really good at is identifying opportunities in, a, in any industry by the way I can look at any industry and I can usually sniff out where is the money where's the opportunity here and what I'm good at is setting up teams and setting up systems and processes and I'm good at getting stuff implemented I am not the implementer but I'm good at leading a team and getting them from non-execution to execution. So I try to focus in all the businesses where I run those businesses, I'm the CEO, how can I play to my strengths? How can I make sure that we're, we're going after the right opportunity? What systems and processes do we need to build? Who do we need to implement those systems and processes? How do we keep from going off track? And so these are the things I enjoy. They're the things I'm good at, and that's the things I focus on. That's awesome, man. And uh, that was one of
1: the biggest things that stuck out to me is when I was, when I first went to Tim's event and you got up there and you were like, yeah, I've I've done 135 deals in a month. And you're like, don't get me wrong. There was a freaking stack of paper like this, but you started talking about it. You know, it was one of those, like, I felt like you were talking to me type of moments of, you know, you, you need processes. And if you put these processes in place and you build them right from the start, they can go on without you. So when somebody looks at what you're doing and is going, oh, he's, he's done all these different things, I know your backstory of you got this to that point that it was running and firing on all cylinders and you didn't have to because it's a successful business. And when it's a successful business, you're not operating it. It's operating without you. And now you can go on and create another successful business. And I think those, those things were so huge. And it was such a, a smack in my face because I'm part of a lot of other businesses. And I see that there's really good potential there but they're not operated the right way and the procedures and the people are not in the right places. And I immediately, I mean, 10, 11 years now, I have not gotten Nicole Marshall to get on a plane and go see anybody. And I was like, this guy, Lee, you have to see him. And like, put my stamp on, like you're the only person that she actually listens to me about. And she was like, that guy's brain. She's like, I love his brain, like what he has down. So I I love what you put together with processes and procedures and things like that. I just think it's huge.
0: And um, talk a little bit about those things you've done. Sure. So I would say as far as bringing this home personal for you and for anyone else is in your shoes, we've got a bunch of businesses. First of all, I would say that you've got everywhere from dogs to stars to cash cows. And so just taking those three business categories, the dogs you need to take out behind the shed, you just need to shoot them. <laughs> dead. You just need to kill those businesses, and just get rid of them. The stars, the problem with the star, the star has potential, but it may not make money for a year, two years, three years, five years or never. And that's why it's a star. So I would say the order priority is to focus on your cash, your cash cows, the things that produce money, figure out how to increase revenue so you can get yourself off the hamster wheel. It's hard to focus on a star if you don't have any cash cows. We have nothing bringing money today. So I put a lot of my focus, making sure my, co- my companies always have money today because that allows me to plan for tomorrow. The problem is if you shift your entire focus on planning for tomorrow, you may run out of cash, you never get to you never get to those long-term ideas. And that's really whether you're in single family, multifamily, or not even in real estate. You have to be focused on your short-term, your midterm, and your long-term goals. But ultimately, you want to set your long-term goal because that's the thing that's going to determine all of your other goals. All I'm trying to say is you can have a 10-year goal. But if you lose track of today's revenue, you may not get to the finish line because you run out of gas. So yeah,
1: I, I did a podcast uh, earlier today with Stephen Morris and uh, I, I feel right. like I've been quoting you almost every podcast of, I keep saying, Hey, Lee always says businesses go broke, making money every single day. And the average person doesn't understand that. But when you've been in a business that you go, Oh, I know exactly what that means. It, it's huge. And, um, you know, for, I was telling you when we first started, uh, the the whole point of the podcast that i like was just anybody who's just bringing their best to anything and just killing whatever they're doing and focusing on it because how you do anything is how you do everything and i've said to a few people you know some of my friends that are ufc fighters or got their black belts in jiu-jitsu if they wanted to focus on real estate they do awesome because they know how to take a beating and come back the next day and not take the same beating and they're just going to keep going until they get their black belts or they're going to look at that competition and say man that guy's scary but I'm going to kick his ass one day. Like, that's the same mentality. So when you first started telling me that you're going into boxing, I was like, man, how you do anything is how you do everything. And the same way you came in and dissected and just ripped apart real estate and you're going to do the same thing with the medical marijuana, I get really excited seeing you get excited about boxing and things like that. Yeah. And se- selfishly, I want you to get into jujitsu so I have somebody that I could, I could like, bounce <laughs> your brain off of and stuff like that. But so you asked. Yeah, actually- I'm
0: worried about my neck. So yeah, all the pulling, grappling, that's- Now, it's crazy to say that. I'm getting punched in the face, but <laughs> it's like the lesser of two evils. I've always been attractive to combat sports. I think there's nothing more raw for, like, two men just fighting. I love it. I just- <laughs> My core, like, I love it. I feel like we were built- Hunt, we're built to fight, and these things are just natural to us. So I really I like that and probably have turned some people off for that statement, but that's just how I feel. So it is,
1: man. That's fine. That's that's their loss, you know. It's the it's the most primal thing. It's like you're saying I was listening to Forrest Griffin, and he's like, he's like, Man, he's like, What's what's more primitive than that? He's like, any guy that walks into another bar, he's like the two things they're saying when they look at every guy is do I have a bigger piece than him? And can I beat him in a fight? He's like, that's (laughs) what he is. So it's pretty funny though. But you know, I, I always use the term black belts that I've learned now that guys who are black belts, not necessarily that they can kick, uh, they can, but not necessarily just that they can beat me up, but that they've tried it every other way and they know what works and they know what doesn't. And they're cutting my timeline of those beatings by years. And so, I'm always looking for black belts in whatever I'm going to do. And and with you, that's why the second you got on stage, I was like, that guy's a black belt and I'm going to go right to him and I want to learn what he learned. And you're with Antonio Tarver now, man, a, a boxing black belt, so to speak. So, I mean, you're doing the same thing. So, I love that. Talk about your experience being around not only the stuff he's helping you with and how boxing is translating into your business, but I just really want to talk about the stuff that you and I were talking about before we started recording. For
0: sure. Andrew, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's understanding the focus and that championship mentality. When, you, when I'm training with someone who is world champ, I get, it, I get a window into their soul. And it's, it's focus, the things we've talked about in business, discipline, the things we've talked about already in this podcast, just unwavering determination. Like, I'm going to be world champion. I'm going to be the best in real estate at this niche. You've got to just internalize those things because there's a big difference between saying something and internalizing it. I really encourage everybody out there, if you really believe something, stop saying it only, but internalize it. Make it a part of who you are. And that's where another book I've been reading, Atomic Habits, super easy reading. I hate reading, by the way, which is funny that I'm talking about all this. I actually (laughs) hate it. But when I get into it, I like it, but it's hard for me to stop what I'm doing, sit down and read. I like Atomic Habits because it just really breaks down how to create new habits and how to break bad habits in a super easy way. So again, going back to my boxing training, I've realized simple things. The basis of boxing and a lot of combat sports is base and balance, two very fundamental things. The same thing in business. It's hard to scale. Or become the top of your industry if you don't have a good foundation built in your business what is a good foundation in business it's systems processes and people a lot of people get, they get a software a new crm they're all excited i got xyz crm i'm going to crush the game well how many people would you call today <laughs> none but i've got a great crm it's kind of like getting a gym membership and never going to the gym like you're not going to get where you want to be physique wise if you never go to the gym so, base and balance, huge thing in boxing, same thing in business. There's no, now, on top of that, what's nice about setting up the right base and the right balance, and I did a, a live on this. What I really, really like about this, this analogy, when you have the right base and the right balance in business, when you see a new opportunity, you're ready to strike. You know what happens when you're off balance in boxing? Same thing in business. You try to make a pivot in your business and you go out of business because you didn't have the right foundation. I'm so confident in my team, I believe I could take my entire team, I could move this team over to medical marijuana tomorrow and we'd be fine because I got the right team, got the right foundation, the right mentality, Just, and I've hired the right people and I've trained them the right way. Their, their cross-training mentality, that teamwork, that, that it's not my job mentality doesn't exist in this company, it's what needs to get done, who's the best person to do it. And so it's just a different way of looking at the world. So I really, I like that um, aspect of, of boxing because it really translates over to business. Even something simpler is like building up your stamina. I mean, th- this is where it's both physically and the same thing in business. The more you do something, a lot of the exercises in, in boxing are hand and eye coordination. What's, I would say 90% of what you do when you're training for boxing is hand and eye coordination. You're trying to get everything to move together. It's almost like there's a string connecting your brain to your hand, to your elbow, to your shoulder, to your hips, to your legs, to your feet. It's all connected. And the more you do it, the better you get. It's the same thing with business. The more times you do one thing or get, you get really good at it. So if you're targeting like Tim, for instance, we talked about Tim Bratz before. Yeah. He, he's laser focused on buying class B buildings over X amount of units. He's really good at it now because he's realized what doesn't work, He's realized what worked. He's like, I'm going to just do thousands of what works instead of trying to keep testing and keep failing. I'm going to focus on the thing I found that works. The same thing with boxing, you do the same thing over and over again, same thing in business. You get better at it. Your team gets better at it. I've got processors that can handle 50 plus closings a month by themselves. It's insane. It's insane volume. I've had a processor before. And single-handedly, she closed all 136 of those transactions that month by herself. Just nuts! Nice. But she's so good at it because she did, she got specialized and focused on doing the same thing, but just doing it better. And I really encourage everyone that one of the big benefits of focus is that you get really good at that thing. And that when you get really good at that thing, and you've hired a great team that's also really good at that thing, that's a good time to move on to the next opportunity. It's very destructive to have three businesses in the starting phase and be trying to get some traction in any one of those businesses because you're being pulled. You're in the building phase. There's a time in business where you build, and there's a time then when you've got the systems and processes and the right team, which I keep mentioning, people is key to all this. That's a good time to walk away and focus on something else. It's not a good time right when you're knee-deep in the building phase to ditch that and jump over here and jump back to that and jump over to something else. You're, you're never, you may get traction. I don't say never because that's a very strong word. It's going to take you a lot longer to get any traction in any business by doing it that way.
1: There's so many people immediately when you say that, that I'm like, I hope they're listening to what you just said, you know, because they're doing exactly that. And to your point, they might get some traction. But what I'm finding is three, four years in, they go, oops there was all these holes in my foundation and now my house is falling apart and now you gotta dig all that shit up and it's, it's not a good look, man. Do it the right way from the beginning. Get those fundamentals. Get good at boxing. Then do jujitsu, Then do an MMA fight. Don't go, I'm gonna be okay at these things and then go and get my ass whooped. Like, it's just, it's not good foundation and, and I, I love about boxing specifically. I, I've always said one of the biggest lessons I got from that was the first time I got hit by a boxer, not some mm-hmm. idiot at a bar when nobody, but like by a real boxer I was immediately going, I'm never coming back again. Like that was the most horrible thing ever. Yeah. I was like, this is terrifying. And then eventually I never got better. I I never beat the guy that I started boxing with, but when he hit me, I got to the point that instead of freaking out, I would stay calm and go, all right, you got hit, relax, take a breath. Like don't get hit again, like get your bearings about you. And that translated into day-to-day life that when you would normally get that panic and that adrenaline surge, I'm able to stay calm. And so I've always felt like the shittiest boxer in the room, those traits of being able to stay calm in a panic situation are great life traits for everything, sure. especially you, business.
0: You're so right. Uh, the great boxers of the world, great fighters of the world in general, they don't they don't just put it all out in round one and have no gas for round two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, yeah. even 12. They know how to stay calm. Even when they're exhausted and there's two minutes left to go, they stay calm so they can finish the round. They can finish the fight. And a lot of us in business, we go so hard. This is where you've got to figure out, am I running a sprint or am I running a marathon? I want to run a marathon. I just turned 40. I want to have at least 40 more years enjoying this race of life. And so what's funny, I've slowed down as far as the amount of hours I've worked, not only because I don't like working that much. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm trying to play the long game instead of just running out of steam and not getting to the finish line. So I I can relate to what you just said. It, it, it's for fighting, for life, for business. There's a lot of sense of what you just said there.
1: Awesome. Now, you, you were saying some really cool stuff because we were talking about highest and best use and how it, it really goes into everything. And the conversation started because we were saying there's a lot of guys that have spent their lives fighting for something. And now that the the market and life and technology have changed, the younger guns are maximizing social media where the older guys with the reputation could really be utilizing that to bring people in. So you were talking about some of the stuff you're doing with Antonio Tarver, and I was saying how it's crazy because you have somebody like Paige Van Zandt who signed a crappy contract to fight, then her face got on TV, she was on Dancing with the Stars, And now her contract's up and she's like, well, hey, I was getting paid nothing to get punched in the face. I'm making 10 times that now being an Instagram model. You're going to have to pay me a lot more now because if I'm going to get paid 10 times the amount to sit home and take pictures or a tenth of that to go get punched in the face and train for eight weeks, what's the highest and best use of my time? So we were saying there's a lot of analogies with that.
0: There is. And I think that that really goes to being aware of your surroundings and aware of opportunities. Sometimes the things you start in business may not be where you end up. So as much as I've been preaching about focus, I, all, I want everybody out there to be open to change because if you're heading down a path, but the real opportunity that plays to your unique ability and your strength is over here, there's a time where sometimes you just got to throw in the towel another fighter analogy to say, you know what? I need to change direction because that that makes business sense and that's the right thing to do. And don't pigeonhole yourself. I think that that's really what I'm trying to tell everybody out there don't pigeonhole yourself into a strategy, or a business, or a lifestyle, or a home, or any kind of a situation that where you end up being long-term unhappy, not playing to the, your highest and best use. Just like real estate, you know, we look at every parcel. Real estate, can go. What's the best thing? What's what makes most sense to do this? Instead of saying, "Well, there's a house here." Yeah, let's just take a, a house right in the middle of the city. Okay. The house right in the middle of city x but it's on 10 acres is that the highest and best use of the house probably not which is why houses on 10 acres in the middle of a town get knocked down and you get apartments or mixed retail or commercial or all sorts of different things going up there because that's the highest and best use and as we move through our journey in life and in business just what we're doing today may not be that highest and best use we need to be open to change Otherwise, you're going to find yourself looking back however many years you've lived and realize, I lived a life that that I didn't want to live. Change is within all of our hands. We have control over that. If you don't like something in life, you can change it. People complain about their circumstances, and I listen to that, and I'm empathetic to it. But my response is always, well, change it. Just change it. If you don't like it, change it. Now, I I know words are easy, which is why I'm being empathetic, because I do – feel sorry for someone who's just not happy where they're at, but I'm also trying to encourage them just like I'm encouraging everybody out there. If you don't like something, change it. If you don't like your business, change it. If you don't like doing certain things in your day, have someone else do them, but don't just say, well, I have to do them and just keep flogging yourself every day. And you end up with a miserable life and a miserable business life will end up with a miserable personal life because you're going to come home miserable. So if you don't want to be miserable, change, change what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I I I almost resent it when somebody comes up to me the fourth or fifth or sixth time with the same complaints without it's like I gave you the same advice six times. You don't you don't wanna take it, so you don't really wanna make a change, you know. And um, you know, just backtracking a little bit for people who, you know, I do get a lot of people now that I, I like the cross pollination between like jujitsu guys now hearing real estate guys, real estate guys are hearing business guys and all the different things there, but somebody who's starting out or doesn't understand where things go, and they listen to you saying, hey, I made this money, not a big deal, it's not really my passion, this is my passion, and think, oh, well, he probably was born on third base, that's why he scored all these runs, you're somebody who made it all, lost it all, and made it all again, and so- You know, I want people to understand that again, black belts, man, it's, it's not about the beatings you take. It's about coming back the next day and saying that shit's not going to happen to me again tomorrow. I'm going to do better. And, you know, I feel like that's, that's really where, where success is. It's, it's never just the highlights you're seeing on Facebook. It's the down days. It's what, it's what other people aren't seeing that allow you to get where you are. And the focus thing yeah, now you can focus on medical marijuana and all these businesses, but you got there by focusing on something, conquering it, then focusing on something else, conquering it. And I've heard you say, hey, five years from now, you're probably out of the real estate game. So, you know, wrapping up on, on that side of it, where, what are you doing to, to recession-proof your business a little bit for if the market's changing,
0: when the market's changing? And what do you see big picture? I, I would say is, there's some tangible things that we're doing. We're taking data off the table. So, that's one thing we're reducing the debt, we're reducing leverage on the assets, we're buying lower priced assets, we're buying quicker rehabs, and we're buying in markets that are not at the end of the cycle. So, every market's a little bit different. So, we want to buy in markets where there's still an upward climb, where there's, or we can buy something cheap enough where I can be the cheapest house in the block. Even specifically, when I'm comping houses, I want to increase my rehab budget. And I want to lower my expectation of resale price, and by doing both of those things, I've got a cushion there in case I'm wrong. And so, even simple and simple is stricter underwriting. Specifically, you underwrite at the lowest comp and not the highest comp, and you go with the highest rehab budget instead of the lowest. Those two things will build in a natural cushion into your underwriting.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, um, your I went to your fifty thirty event, which um, flip your income, which is now Real Mogul. Correct. Right. Okay. So, I mean, for people that are in business and they're looking to scale up their business, get better processes, I can't put a big enough stamp on the information that they got there. I mean, it's pretty much all you teaching for all three days and just us firing questions at yeah, you, man. It's, that's,
0: it's that's quite exhausting. I end up just falling <laughs> out of the room after three days. And, you know, those of my closest friends yeah, pick up the pieces. They see me after a three day event. It's like, man, I just literally left it all on the stage. But I really enjoy it, I'm passionate about that. I love helping people. I like teaching. That's something I really enjoy doing.
1: It shows, man, and it's awesome and I just I love watching your brain work when people are firing stuff off of you and I can see all the pieces coming together and you're just again you you're really great at what you do and I think you have a really unique ability and you know you said it a bunch of times, hey, it's really easy to say these things. It is, but you're not somebody who's just saying them and that's really what I respect about you is you're giving people advice that you're taking. You can tell every day you're taking your own medicine. You're doing your own stuff. And I've seen your office and I've seen your company. I've spent time with you. And I know that you're not you know, blowing smoke. You're really doing these things. You're really successful and you really live and breathe what you tell other people to do. And, and I really respect that, man. I think it's awesome.
0: Well, if you see my backdrop there, that, that's you. you've got run your own race, set your goals high and don't stop till you get there. And then never hope for it more than you work for it. And that's, I, I purposely picked out motivational posters that spoke to me and were part of who I was. I didn't want to go with it with anyone else was doing. So I just looked and looked and try to find things that I can look at every day and inspire me to kick ass and crush business, crush my goals for the day, for the week, for the month, for the quarter. And I like walking into my office. In fact, I didn't like my office, which goes back to our previous point. If you don't like something, change it. It was old. The furniture was old. So we we ditched everything. And my assistant and I redesigned my entire office. It's more podcast friendly. It's funner. But what you don't see behind the camera, (laughs) I've got a I've got a speed bag and a heavy bag to punch and kick. When I, I saw pressed. that in one of your videos. I was like, heavy bag, awesome. He's got the double end bag and stuff. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've i designed an office that I enjoy being at. I, I feel inspired here, working here. I really like it. And that's a simple example of not liking something and changing it. So.
1: That's awesome, man. That the um, As far as teaching, I know you're doing more of the education stuff. Are you finding that teaching is helping Keep you sharper because, you know, for me, initially I got into it because I said, hey, if I start surrounding myself with these guys that are doing this every day, I'm going to grow. And then I realized that just teaching the basic fundamentals kept them fresh in my head. And my, you know, my brother's a drum teacher. He's amazing at what he does because every day he's teaching the basics. And, you know, the jitsu guys that teach jujitsu every day, they're amazing but most of the stuff they're teaching every day because they're remembering like this was the foundation. These are, it's not the fancy stuff. These are the basics of what builds those things. So are you well, finding teaching people? you sharp?
0: If you're teaching things that are real and authentic, it can help people. You've got two choices. You can keep teaching those things, not implement them and be a fraud. Or you can say, you know what? If I'm teaching this and I really believe this is the right way and I have experience that shows me this is the right thing, It just helps level up your business. Teaching a subject and internalizing that and putting it into practice in your own business just makes your own business better. So all of my students are helping my business be better as well as me helping them. And as far as the educational side, what's really interesting about all this, after being in the seat for about almost six months now as a CEO, I have realized what we're doing in this space is different than what everybody else is doing. So we're about to rebrand Real Advisors. And what the reason we're doing that, everything that we're doing in this space, the noise that we're making, the change that we're making, it's a movement. And What I've realized, it's the real movement, and it's about being different. You know, people mock it, but people mock it because they don't understand it, and they're hating on it, and they're scared of it. But it is a scary proposition for our competitors and for everybody out there that sees our teaching that they're competing against or not part of something that is real, it's authentic, active operators that are teaching people life-changing systems, processes, ways of doing things. It, it's am- I love being part of this, and I'm really excited to be at the helm, championing this real movement. I've got amazing partners, great visionaries, and it, it's just a fun ride. It's really fun, and our students are just part of our family. It, it's, it's cool. It's, it's cool to be part of a business where you get people coming up and saying, thank you, And they're genuinely saying thank you because you've changed their life. And I've heard it over and over again, not just with me, with our real empire brand, with commercial empire, people's lives are being changed. That's amazing. So it's it's way bigger than me now. It's about the movement that we've created in the space. I love it. I want to put our foot down on the pedal and you're going to see a whole, you think the level is big now. There's a whole other level to where all of this is going. And you're going to see that roll out over the next weeks and months the discussions behind closed doors, our vision for what we want for not only for our company, for our students, for the marketplace, for just changing the world. It's it's exciting stuff. It's really, really exciting stuff.
1: I think that's awesome, man. And I, I think your group that you guys are working with is awesome. You know, everybody's been really good to me. They're very authentic. You know, I spent a lot of time around you guys now and the connections that I've made from some of your students are just awesome, man. Like Shane's helping me with stuff. Ben's helping me with stuff. Scott's helping me with stuff. Like it's just awesome, man. So I,
0: I I I hired Ben. In fact, I was on a coaching call with him just before we get on this show, going over my sleep schedule, my eating schedule. So the new shift in my eating schedule. 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. because I've just got a crazy schedule. So I'm going to try to corral all of my eating between 3 p.m. and 9 p.m., which means I'm about to eat in one minute.
1: <laughs> well, I will not keep you from your meal, my man. I really can't thank you enough. I, again, I respect you a lot. You've helped me a lot. You inspire me a lot. And I, I know your time is very valuable. So uh, I really appreciate you giving me an hour of it to share some of your, your wisdom and some of your experience. Um, how can people find you? How can people get a hold of you? What kind of stuff can you promote? social media, websites, name it.
0: Sure. Yeah. Real Lee Carney and IG. Uh, you can find me there. Lee Carney dash RealMogul on Facebook and website RealMogul.com. So yeah, let's connect. Follow me. Uh, you wanted to learn more about what we're doing with the real movement, uh, come follow me and we'll bring you along for the ride. And you got
1: a, a podcast coming out, right? And you're going to have Mr. Antonio Tarver on it.
0: Correct. Well, I'm in discussions with his Both. team and making sure everybody's happy about that. <laughs> edit, edit. <laughs> that is the goal. That is the goal. Um, you know, everybody's got to make sure that their, their people are happy. But yeah, I'm, lo- I'm really excited about doing that interview just because uh, I wanted people not only just for me, but for him to see the mindset of a champion and see, you know, it's, it's not that he's a great boxer. He's got a great mind. And that mind applied to business or anything in life can get you a lot of places. There's very few people in this world who know how to focus, have unrelenting determination that they're not looking to the left or to the right, and even bringing it home, like someone like Conor McGregor, even though he's been in dumb bar fights and doing all this nonsensical stuff, no one can take away the fact that over 10 years ago, he told his family, he told his friends, I'm going to be UFC champion of the world. And he did not look to the left, to the right, Leave. He was homeless at one point, got evicted, ditched his job, just focused, went all in on becoming UFC champion. I respect that. Yeah. There's just so few people in the world that are willing to put it on the line and just go for it. And even if people go for it and fail, you've still got my blessing. If you, you know, you did the right things, you did all of the you were in the right place at the right time, but it just didn't work out, I'm there to pick you up because I really respect people that go all in. They're passionate. They follow through with execution. They don't look to the left. They don't look to the right. That, that's just a fantastic quality.
1: I love it, man. Again, I can't thank you enough. And I hope to be uh, a big uh, success story of yours and make you proud for all this stuff you're teaching me. Put them into implementation and not waste your time. Um, I'll shoot you a, a copy of this. I'll put all your information in the show notes. Enjoy your meal. Enjoy your box. And let me know if there's anything I can ever do for you, my man. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Lee. Have a great day, man. I appreciate
0: it. Thanks. Bye.